The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to The Legendarium. If you're expecting a good episode, please don't listen to this one. <laughs> this is not the starting point. Yeah, exactly. So This is not the episode you're looking for. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. This is episode number 184, and it does not have a name yet, uh, because, frankly, we're going to see how this goes. I, I'm waiting for something weird to happen. It'll be uh, a bit of a bastard episode anyway. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Uh, anyway, I am Craig Hanks, your host, and over there, he's dumb, so I hate him. It's Ryan Bruckman. Wow, it's the most truthful insult you've given to me. <laughs> <laughs> since Well, since this is the, since you're the only other one here, I kind of feel like um, you know, that's all I need to do. Yeah. I, I'm not going to make a big production out of the insults for one person. Uh, okay. So let's talk about what we're doing today. Today is very different because, uh, actually maybe you talk about why, why is today so different? Uh, well, first off, it's just the two of us. So, I mean, that's what the half brain between all of us here in the <laughs> studio. Something like that. Um, and we're doing a live question and answer, or kind of an ask me anything uh, for fans out there in groups. We were talking about doing King Killer originally this week, but scheduling just got to be absolutely a nightmarish. Um, but the two of us decided, hey, let's get back to what we what we started the podcast with and let the audience, let our fans or prisoners or whatever uh, have a chance to talk to us directly. So do a little bit of a live Q&A here. And we had a few people pre-submit questions that we'll try and answer. And if you've got some, you can come on Facebook and YouTube um, and and ask us there we're, we're we're following along there as well so yeah the uh what was i gonna say oh the questions that got submitted beforehand uh quite frankly i was pretty impressed with a lot of them yeah um both the weird ones and the real ones uh anyway so thanks everybody who did that speaking of which if you uh if you do not yet or if you have not yet joined the conversation go to thelegendarium.reddit.com Subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram for some reason. All of these are legitimate ways to get in touch with us. Uh, and so pre-episode, if you know we have an episode coming up and you want to submit a question or a comment for that, you can do that. Uh, or Reddit especially is where we have our own little subreddit and you can go and join the conversation after an episode. Uh, this is where there there have been some very interesting ones lately, uh, mm -hmm. especially with everybody not understanding the definitions of older words, and that's fine. We'll get to that later. Uh, anyway, so I do hope you join us there, thelegendarium.reddit.com. But the two most important things for me right now, patreon.com slash legendarium is where you can support the show. And most of all, right now, leave us a review. Please go to iTunes uh, or wherever fine podcasts are sold and or listened to and leave a review. Leave a uh, five-star review if you like what we do. And if you don't, disregard what I have said and don't do anything about it. Anyway, so today, like you said, Ryan, this is a, a little bit of a weird one. It's a Q&A. It's like a live Q&A. So... I'm going to give people a chance to trickle in and start with some of the uh, the pre-submitted questions. 
So here's the first one. This one was off of Facebook. Our old friend Craig Albuck. Albuck? Albuck? Sure. Albuck something. Um, anyway, he says, uh, and this is one that I'm starting off with partially because I'm waiting for people to trickle in, and so I want to get some of the... Uh, Softball? No, no, the hardball oh, oh, hard stuff out of, oh. out, of, out of the way uh, because I don't want to say the wrong thing to too many people. He asks, I know that authors are not our... Biths? Biths? Bithes. Bithes? Yes, pay your bithes, people. Uh, no, he it uses a, he incorrectly uses a bad word. Uh, I know that they are not our bithes, but do you guys get angry or are you patient with struggling successful authors like Martin, Rothfuss, Lynch, and others? Uh, this is a question... Part of the reason I'm bringing it up first is because of what I said, the um, the nature of it lends to us saying stupid things but also because we are going to be doing an entire episode on this mm-hmm. um it, I, we have some plans for this question because it's a good question and it's a question that deserves a great answer the short answer because i don't want to shortchange you craig the short answer is i have changed a lot in even in just the last year my way of thinking about this has changed a lot I feel much more patient and positively disposed toward authors mm-hmm. uh, who are in a difficult situation like, for instance, the one we're reading right now is Patrick Rothfuss. So he's the obvious one to kind of take on at the moment. Um, I, I am feeling a lot more patient. My reasons for why are going to have to wait. But what about you? Short answer? Uh, short answer for me, I, I tend to be a little bit more patient. Um for me, though, it's heavily dependent upon how they interact with their fan base and and deal with the delays or the the time that it takes. Um, because if you're a jerk about it, I will lose all patience with it. That's that's <laughs> what it comes down to. Um, that's we don't own the authors, but we are their patrons, and it would be worthwhile to be open and honest with us about why something is taking a while, um, or why. <laughs> Why you just don't feel like writing right now that we understand that that's human and those and that's on us as fans to also try and be more understanding for the authors okay all right um short answers out of the way now dominic plitzko is writing in from germany he's on the facebook live feed hello dominic hello dominic dominic asks hey guys greetings from germany what is your opinion on the wheel of time series currently in development at amazon especially with amazon also doing the lord of the rings series Mm -hmm. um my what what okay my opinion on it i feel like i'm gonna be going first a lot because i have a lot of i've kind of prepared some responses why don't you go first on this one and i'll follow up he needs some time to breathe and let the vein say seep back into his head a little bit actually shockingly not (laughs) okay go ahead um for the most part i mean it's not really surprising if you've listened to me at all like i'm 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 willing to give it a chance i'm willing to be open about it i i don't have the same the same degree of love for the uh, Lord of the Rings and Wheel of Time, or the Lord of the Rings that Craig does, and I'm probably a little more attached to Wheel of Time um, than I am then, Lord of the Rings. Then, oh, oh, okay, I see what yeah. you're saying. Um, and I have a lot of I have a lot of hope that they can do good things with it. The fact is, though, I'm I'm coming to realize, especially nowadays, that there's going to be a very vocal frustration with no whatever whatever they do with it. There's going to be a very vocally frustrated group um, that's going to get a lot of screen time. Um, about how this is ruining their series or whatever. That's just, it's going to happen. For me, I hope 
yeah, I, I'm a little curious as to which direction they're going to take. Uh, Wheel of Time, uh, I think, is going to be pretty straightforward, but it's the Lord of the Rings one that I'm a little more like, what are you going to do with this? Because I've been reading up on things that are saying this is going to be like the Aragorn prequels type setup. Like, Right. If When we read the book together, I don't know if you read the uh, uh, appendices afterwards. No. There is a lot of information, or at least a, a good sketch of some information about Aragorn's uh, teenage and younger adult years before he was eighty-seven. Uh-huh. Um, and and there is there's a lot of adventure there. There's uh, the time that he spent with the elves. There's the time he spent hunting Gollum. Uh, you know, he visits Mirkwood and and he fights with the Gondorian army and the Rohirrim and the it and mm-hmm. so there's a ton of stuff there sketched out um and so it is even before or I should say yeah before they announced the content and they just said oh we sold this to Amazon they're going to make a bunch of stuff instantly I said I know exactly what they're going to do because mm-hmm. yeah it is the obvious choice and it could be a good one we'll I just see hope how it that, goes on top of that and then with the wheel of time um I'm hoping that they have mapped out the entirety of what they're going to do because if they go in and say okay this is how we're going to handle the first three or the first three stories and go on like how far can we stretch this out i think we will end up getting some very stupid mid-season type material out of especially the later books yeah um i have it mapped out from beginning to end as long as you have that so we know you're going to get we're going to get five seasons we're going to get this you know that sort of thing I'm, i'm a little more inclined to be more cheerleader about it like yeah this is going to be cool otherwise okay. we could end up with shannara <laughs> um i i actually kind of in the background i couldn't really keep two eyeballs on it but i watched the second season of shannara uh-huh. it was it i th- i didn't think that it could get worse oh, it, really? after season one and it got so much worse it was um it was an atrocious atrocious adaptation um, okay, so my thoughts really quickly, I, because Ryan said a lot of good stuff about it, um, be careful and be, and have some artistic integrity. Those are my only two pieces of advice for anybody trying to take on something as beloved as, uh, the wheel of time or the Lord of the Rings. And, uh, and the thing is the great, il- the great illustration of this is Peter Jackson. You think about the care that went into the Lord of the Rings series mm-hmm. and then the lack of care that went into the Hobbit series. And I'm please don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about all the the craftspeople, uh, you know, what the, uh, the model makers and the digital effects people. I'm not talking about them. I'm, t- I'm simply talking about the way that the story was told and the care that went into telling that story left a lot to be desired. Okay. Uh, the Hobbit one. And so you can see that clear dichotomy there. Anyway, so that's how I feel about this. Be the Lord of the Rings. Don't be the Hobbit. And you should be fine either way. I'm I'm kind of with you where when we have these adaptations like the Wheel of Time, uh, if somebody says, well, we're going to have to cut this character just for the sake of time or complexity or whatever. Okay, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you make coherent choices on that i'm I'm fine with it so uh all right let's move on david anderson on youtube asks any plans to go through the foundation series granted it's sci-fi rather than fantasy but it's fantastic Mm -hmm. now this is uh asimov right yes we we did irobot Mm -hmm. a while ago um 
so any plans right now no it's not in our plan but we're always happy to jump into uh different things than are on our current schedule you know little one-offs or short stories like we did one of yeah. Tolkien's short stories so yeah i could see this happening uh very easily in the future the the more interesting part of this question to me is when when he says granted it's sci-fi rather than fantasy um well as far as we're concerned here at the legendarium there that is a distinction without a difference or maybe the other way around my point just being this is a fantasy podcast and science fiction is simply a form of fantasy and so it is something we are more than happy to take on mm -hmm. yep we tend to use fantasy as an overarching branch the same way that bookstores do frequently i mean they'll label the sci-fi fantasy but i i actually read foundation um uh, after we did our heroes of sci-fi series um, I enjoyed it a lot and I, I, I went and I bought foundation because I'd heard so many great things and I, I read through that one and I think that eventually we will actually need to throw that one in we've kind of done a little not spin-off but sub episode series with Todd leading the way mm -hmm. on science fiction where, where it's more science fiction because um, that's an area that he's very passionate about and that's coming back soon yeah we've got a couple books we've been working on in the background to try and get a few more of those in there and i would expect it to see the foundation as part of that uh, to see foundation in that series yeah um okay let's go back i want to go back to some of the prepared remarks or not the the pre the pre-episode questions uh because we don't want to shortchange those people um oh where was he where was he Asmodian underscore, there you are. Uh, All right. Our old friend AU uh, asks, number one, what is the strangest trivia fact that you know about the Wheel of Time? And two, what's the strangest trivia fact you know in general? And so I had to think about this for a minute, that, and I'll give you a second. The strangest Wheel of Time one, I, the thing is, I've read through the series to completion just once. And the first time that I read through the first half of the series, it was a long, long time ago. But... Even after just that first time, a long, long time ago, the thing that I've been impressed with for myself is my ability to retain surnames. <laughs> okay. I, it's a weird thing. I, I don't know. Like people kind of complain about, oh, who can keep straight? Elida, Doavrinia, Rohan. Uh -huh. Like I can. And I don't know why, because in real life, I'm awful with names. But the Wheel of Time names really stuck. Mm -hmm. so okay. take that for what it's worth uh, do you have a wheel of time one uh the strangest uh, i don't know about strangest trivia fact the thing that actually uh i kind of grabbed that was out it was part of the wheel of time but not part of the book itself was actually learning this last time about robert jordan's um service his time oh, serving in, in the military in vietnam yeah like that to me it it put a new a new face on some of the things that were done in the in the book in the books and uh, for me, that was it. Was I, I was really glad I learned that. Um, the other piece I would say was when I read um, Brandon Sanderson's response to why he had to split it into three books and realizing just how much. Oh man! How many that the that the amount of written outline content was more than the entirety of the series was like mind blowing to me. All right, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, all right, strangest trivia fact in general. Mine, okay, so here's the one I came up with. I can tell you, I can tell you in some detail, though I will not here for obvious reasons. I can tell you why Fox and Vixen start with different letters. Okay. And historically where that came from. 
um fox and vixen yeah because okay so it should be uh historically speaking here's your 10 minute or your 10 second sorry your 10 second version historically it should be either fox and vixen which it was at one point or mm-hmm. vox and vixen there was an uh a southern middle english dialect that was vox and vixen and as some of those people emigrated up to london it mixed with the fox and vixen people and so there's this weird like battle royale and when the dust settled we were left with fox and vixen kind of one of those little weird tidbits from history Hmm. so unexplained maybe but uh, there are some theories out there along those lines something strange that i just discovered and I'm I'm still trying to um, prove its veracity. I guess would be the way to put that. Nice. <laughs> I'm using big words. Yes, very well um, done. Is I I was having a discussion about um, British accents and and the discussion of, of English accents and things like that, and it was kind of a discovery that most uh, most likely it's East Eastern Seaboard English, uh, American English is closer to what was spoken in Britain during the time of Shakespeare and things like that than than what is spoken now because of a variation in um it was poor people who became rich wanting to distinguish themselves it dropped their r's and changed the and it became kind of this status symbol oh man and so there was a variation in that yeah that's that's really interesting stuff Uh, i don't know if we have a ton of time to get into it but we are broadcasting from utah and if you uh it is it is claimed by some that if you go to some some of the rural parts of Utah and you hear the accent there, um, you know these are people that instead of saying you're ignorant, they'll just say you're ignorant. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're passingly familiar with the Utah ma- accent, you'll uh, you'll hear mountain and oh yeah, pillow instead of pillow, marshmallow and all that. Milk causes my spine milk. to shiver. Yeah, I'm gonna drink some milk. Uh, anyway, there, there's some speculation that that is that sort of language or that sort of accent is the closest, in part because so many people emigrated to Utah from the uh, from England back in the day. You know, and in the 19th century, they beelined it there, and then they stayed, and it was so isolated for such a long time that you know that that would things be weird. stuck. Anyway, to hear Hamlet done by people down in Hurricane or something. <laughs> There's a town in Utah, in Utah, in Utah called Hurricane, but it's spelled Hurricane. What's, oh, yeah. What's the one up here up north? Doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> um, okay. So let's move on. Okay. Yeti Beats, which I love. That's a username on Reddit. Yeti Beats, new listener here since February. Well, welcome. Uh, I stumbled in upon your Stormlight stuff. Okay, what are the odds of Sanderson ever coming on for an interview? I love your review pods, love them, and I like that your podcast is just that and not a bunch of author interviews. Having said that, hearing Todd gush and possibly, probably cry while Ken boasts about his newfound spear fighting skills would be too good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What are the chances that we'll get Brandon on? Uh, Very little chance in the near term of getting Brandon on, but uh, that's mostly an effect of our not having asked in a long time. Yeah. I think I asked one time and it was like in the middle of one of his book tours after a release and they're like, no, not right now. And I mean, he lives about an hour south of where we are. Yeah. Um, And so it's within the realm of possibility that we could arrange something, but it's, I mean, it's... (laughs) Yeah, a good way to help us with that is uh, patreon.com and give us a chance to, you know, actually 
so you know we can pay people to come and make appearances yes because we'll really make a dent you know between me and brandon sanderson there are just millions of dollars to yeah. be had yep yep um all right ryan why don't you take on the next one on facebook do we have any more questions coming in oh yeah um we got a few in here uh, quick ones Let's see. Uh, what would you think of a Mistborn television series? Same as what we talked about before. That was submitted by uh, Gary Black. Uh, similar to Lord of the Rings, Wheel of Time. Anytime you take a book series, um, maintaining the artistic integrity of what it is, um, and some vision—they have some of the visuals you could do with that would be incredible. Um, I would hope that they would do a TV series uh, more so along the way that they handle Netflix and things like that, um, in the sense of film it all do the work because trying to do a Mistborn on a week by week basis wouldn't just, you would end up with a sci-fi type, um, like the channel sci-fi that specializes in Sharktopus and <laughs> Sharknado and you, stuff like you, that. You wish they had a show called Sharktopus. You they would do. love that. Sharktopus is one of my favorite B, I would, like C-level movies, whatever. Oh, is that a real thing? It is. It oh, is. okay. It's, Never mind. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's I, I would put it above Sharknado myself. Um yeah. Okay, uh, Cisco asks, who would be the worst Wheel of Time character to interact with who's not a villain? Uh... <laughs> My favorite is that there's a response here, but they're probably going to say Fael. Um, uh, no, no, no. Uh, because the thing is, uh, Perrin's a wiener, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like I would I would match better with Fael than Perrin did because Perrin sucks. Wow, wow, okay. Um, maybe Perrin? I don't know. Maybe like maybe like book ten, book eleven, Rand. He was kind of a douche. I would so. Um, the thing is, like for me, if you get to know my personality Ooh, at all, any of the wise ones. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or the or the I Sedai leadership. Um, but like, I have this feeling. I, I'm I'm very introverted and shy. When I first meet someone, I have a hard time opening. Like I can hold a conversation, but you probably are gonna have to push it a little bit. And I have a feeling that if Perrin and I got put in a room together and say, hey, here you go, I'd be like, hi. Hey. So uh, you did some things in a book, huh? Yep. Do, do yeah. I have your ex? <laughs> like, I, I would have a hard time. I, like, I don't fanboy out like, oh my gosh, I want to, I love you so much. I'm the type that's like quietly standing there and just, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Thanks. Thanks for being alive type things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, AU says anyone who isn't Matt so I guess he just wants to hang out with Matt Matt would be awesome I, 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 he's the one you'd want to spend like a weekend with maybe if that I'm thinking like a couple hours at a party and then I'm done uh, but anyway okay new question because we have a lot more to get through um, Asmodian Sharkborn love it love it <laughs> is Sharkborn a new thing or is he just making that up he's doing a combination of like Mistborn yeah, okay. and Sharknado uh, and stuff like that yeah, okay. sharks that can push and pull when they ingest metal <clears throat> alright Chad Bewley asks with the long wait for the next Fire and Ice and King Killer books what series had the best and worst payoff after a delay follow up question what's the best brand of ice cream so okay alright first of all uh, with the series that have been delay, what's had the best and worst payoff? Uh, that's gotta be, it's gotta be wheel of time as a good payoff. I mean, yeah. and, and I had my very serious frustrations with it, but just in terms of like a sort of, uh, fangasmic release mm -hmm. uh, of, of an entire group, right? That one came out and everybody was just like, Oh, finally it's done. 
Um, so that was like that was a good cultural experience at least. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's that was kind of the one I was leaning not, towards. Not that I was a part of it at the time, but I at least understood what was going on. I just for me, like I struggled trying to think of other series outside of the ones that were named Ice and Fire um, and Wheel of Time stuff that, that had dealt with a, a delay that caused fans to get upset. And I, I really struggled coming up with ones. Um, uh, I think it's more inclined towards uh, films and, and series like that that we tend to see it now more so than books. Um, I don't know. Could be wrong. But yeah, Wheel of Time had a really good payoff. I... A worst one? I don't know about a worst one. I don't. I don't really. the The thing was, just off of the ones that we've read on the podcast, mm-hmm. the the one that I felt like was the biggest letdown for us. But it wasn't after a delay. It was just after writing such a good oh, series was sure. Calamity. Calamity was uh, the end of the Steelheart. What was it? The Reckoners, the Reckoners series. series. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. It that one, yeah. yeah, it wasn't a huge delay. It wasn't like the entire uh, industry was clamoring for this series to finally finish out. But all the same, it was an amazing, amazing first book. Mm-hmm. And the second book was, it, it was kind of like Catching Fire, where some people preferred it, and some people preferred the first book, but they're very similar kind of things. Um, and then the third book was like, um it it wasn't like a dumpster fire or no, anything but it terrible. just had a it just had a bad ending it didn't carry the bar that the previous two did in our opinion like it's i i still think the series is good and i will give it to my kid to read and he'll eventually and he'll enjoy it when he's not four um <laughs> right but that's that's what came to mind for there and as for the best ice cream um i'm not sure on national brand but the best ice cream available to the humankind is made locally <laughs> Um, it's called Leatherby's Ice Cream. Oh, gosh. Get off of it. Their French vanilla and hot fudge combination is the best okay, look, ice cream that is out there. So I'm going a different route. I, if it's if it's a local thing, first of all, that's a horrendous choice either way. Um, not that it's bad ice cream, but anyway. Um, no, I, would, I, will th- I will challenge anyone. I will, I will happily let you experience this and decide for yourself. The question is, what's the best brand of ice cream? And for that, I do, I, I think, okay, it has to be at least widely available. Yeah, it, we're talking it, the Ben and & Jerry's and the things like that. Right. Um, so I know Southern, people in the Southern states, especially like in Blue Texas, Bell. they're going to say Bluebell. That's fine. I, I understand that. Uh, but I live in the West. And therefore, it, you know, it's like I pledge allegiance to Tillamook ice cream. Now, and, and what I here's what I mean. It's good ice cream. It's not the best thing out there or anything, but it's the best widely available for, you know, for a reasonable price. I will, so it's the it's the best brand ice cream out there. I enjoyed Tillamook's French vanilla. Was it's, I had it for the first time a little while ago because I honestly hadn't even discovered that they were making ice cream until I, like... They were cheese people to you, right? Yeah, they had, they didn't really offer it in the stores around here. So, uh, yeah, Tillamook was good. I will say uh, Ben and Jerry's American Dream is probably my favorite, like store bought generic national brand uh, uh, my, option there. My oh, sorry, finish. No, that's okay. Okay, and, I'm just loving how like I'm watching the list, the watchers drop off as we talk about national ice cream brands. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Uh, okay, so oh, I love this question. Does anyone on the podcast have dogs? Yes, I do. I have one. Oh, you do? Yeah. Who has that? Stephanie Michaels. Hi, Stephanie Michaels. I have a little dog. He weighs like 11 pounds. He is a, he is a yippy little monster. 
Um, I, I'm a cat person. I have a cat. I love cats. I've grown up with cats. Um, I typically, I, I like dogs, but I haven't ever really wanted to own one. Uh, but in the last three years or so, I've gained another 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm seeing the possible value in getting a dog as a running partner. Um, Anyway, that's about the extent of it for me. Which means you're going to have a fat dog. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. Uh, okay. Miranda Pratt. I want to get to Miranda's question in just a moment. Andrew Lobley asks, fold or scrunch? Well, Andrew, fold because I'm not a monster. Okay? So, there I, you go. I, um... I wish this was a short answer. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and we're not going to... We're not doing long answers. The answer is both. Oh, jeez. Uh, okay. Uh, Miranda asks, what are your thoughts on dog ear marking books instead of just using a freaking bookmark? I, I actually really like this question because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like you can kind of get into it on this one. Uh, well, I take it, Miranda, from your punctuation here that you are a partisan of bookmarks. Uh, bookmarks are great. I use them all the time. For me, it depends on the book. Paperback, you may dog ear. If I give you a paperback, you may dog ear. If you if you dog ear one of my hardbacks, I will punch you in the face. Yeah, it kind of depends. Like, is this a book that's supposed to survive, you know, several readings? Mm-hmm. If it's my 50th anniversary edition of The Lord of the Rings uh, on glossy pages, illustrated by Alan Lee, no, I, I will stab you in the neck if you <laughs> dog ear my pages. Uh, but if I hand you a copy of The Silmarillion, that's uh, the paperback that I got from Barnes & Noble for $12 or whatever... It dog ear away mark it up you know underline highlight whatever uh books are meant to be read that way unless they are kind of for posterity yeah right? anyway uh yes sarah ken has two dogs as well also if you could be any character but have a different power than what exists in their world who would you be and what power would you possess it was weird. My brain came up with an answer so quick to this one. Really? Yeah, when I saw this question. And I've been trying to find a better one, and I can't. Okay? I want to give Aomer Tony Stark's Iron Man suits. Wow. Yeah. that's. I would love to see that. Homeboy would kick some serious butt in those things. It's pretty awesome. Um, I, I had to think about it for a little bit, and I still am not totally satisfied with my answer. But I actually... Um, there were two things that came to mind was first is I, I'm a big lover of, of like the Jedi. You just leave it there. You, yes, why did you I, keep talking? <laughs> I'm a big lover. I'm a big lover. Yeah. Um, so the idea of giving like the Jedi who already have this incredible power, like this kind of psychic almost ability or whatever, uh, the abilities to, um, do things like, uh, with stormlight and stuff like that to, to be able to, um, the Windrunner abilities, I thought would just be incredible. Like, okay. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, the other one I came up with was... Well, never mind. Sorry, go on. To take... Um, I would take, like, to take Kaladin um, and give him a, another series that I've been working through kind of on my own on the side here is the Lightbringer series by Brent Weeks and give him the ability to draft. So if you imagine, like, instead of breathing in Stormlight, like, just being able to take it from the sun and control, like, and then create kind what of, you wanted. Uh, similar to the way Lyft works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, all right. Well, very good. Let's see if we have any other questions coming in. I know there were a couple on YouTube. Um, oh, David, I think this was in response to who do you not want to hang out with it in Wheel of Time? Gawain. Um, yeah, but at least he could teach me how to... Sword fight. Sword fight. Um, what color is your toothbrush, Greg? 
Um, my current, current it changes all the time. Uh, purple. I think. Mine's a, one of those white oral B that has a little ring on it that I can change the color on. Yeah, fancy. Uh, okay, uh, Zeth with Sword Nimi, which is, uh, oh gosh, spoiler alert, if you haven't read uh, Oathbringer, Words of Radiance. It's the end of Words of Radiance that he gets Warbreaker, uh, like all that stuff, Sanderson, Cosmere stuff, whatever. Skip ahead a little Skip bit. Skip ahead, yeah, that's it. Uh, okay, uh, Zeth with Sword Nimi or Kaladin, who would win? Um, obviously, Zeth would. It's it, just those two on their own. It's a good, fair fight, but then you put, uh, what's the name of the sword? Nightblood. Nightblood. You put Nightblood into the mix and it's all over. Um, so, yeah, that was a quick answer. Yeah, he would need, Kaladin would need something to counteract that the drain that um, Nightblood puts on things outside. Okay, we're out of spoiler territory. AU asked us to let him know when we're out of spoiler territory. So there you go. Uh, okay. Oh, John wants to know how far you are into the Lightbringer series. And my follow-up question would be, any plans for us to do this? I absolutely think that's one that we should do. Um, and I'm hoping to kind of bookend it at the end of what we've already got planned out in the four that you all voted on. Um, because I, I really have enjoyed it. I am about halfway through Blinding Knife, um, so I still have more than half the series to go, and there's still, I believe, another book to be written um, on top of it, uh, but I have actually, I've, I have really loved uh, the Lightbringer series so far, and um, yeah, the, that first book, it, it twisted me all around. I didn't know what I was thinking until the end of that book, and I still sometimes, but I'm not sure, like, okay, who, 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 who's my good guy? Who do I, who's my bad guy? Who's my yeah. good guy? So... Uh, okay, first of all, AU asked us, uh, he made a pretty good suggestion, try and guess what the other person is going to say before you answer. Um, Hold on, say that again? So, but wait, on the next question, okay. we have to guess what the other person is going to say. Oh, great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't know what the next question is. Um, uh, real quick, Corey asks, do we use actual bookmarks or just grocery store receipts? Yeah, receipts, slips of paper. I uh, little rip off a thing of toilet paper. I don't care. Like I'll use anything as a bookmark. Doesn't matter to me. Okay. I do most of my stuff on Kindle, so it maintains my spot for me. <laughs> if I do it in a hardback or something like that, I have bookmarks that are sitting on my shelf. Um. Okay. Let's go to. Oh gosh. <gasps> this is going to be a good one for this game. All right. Temporal shenanigans asks. Don't look at. Okay. Don't look at the thing. Look. You're looking at my answer. Okay. I, Knowing what you now know or knowing what you know now, whatever. If you could go back in time and start the podcast over, what would you do differently? So you have to guess what I'm going to answer to this. Um, what would you what would your yeah, answer to this what be? What would my answer to this be? Uh, oh, gosh. We would approach how we did Lord of the Rings slightly differently. Not by much, but a little bit differently. We would get on Reddit a whole lot quicker. <laughs> yes. Um, and we would have gotten to... Uh, probably gotten to Patreon sooner too. Yeah, I think, okay, so you're very close. My answer was marketing. So the Reddit answer was the closest. Um, it, before we started this, I didn't know a thing about how to get the word out about mm -hmm. the podcast. And it took us way too long to get any sort of traction. Um, it took us like two years before we started seeing anything even approaching mediocre numbers. Um, yeah. 
And so I, that's what I would change is like, if, so I don't know if, uh, if Temporal Shenanigans is thinking about starting their own podcast or something, but if you are, or if anybody else is, do a lot of homework on the marketing side first, if you haven't yet. Um, if, you just, if you just start a podcast and throw it out into the ether, then uh, you might get lucky or like us, you might have to exercise an extreme amount of <sighs> patience or it, that's not even quite the right word. It's just a determination or stubbornness. Um, I mean, you've mentioned a few times, like if I hadn't been such a single-minded jerk about keeping the podcast going, it would have died a long time ago. Yeah, right. probably. And, and that's a good portion of why is because we, it took us so long to see any sort of... Uh, uh, traction on it um your answer if if let's see if we could go back in time and start the podcast over what would you do differently um i mean you already gave your answer my guess for you would have been to like axe craig's lord of the rings trivia or something like that no, i love lord of the rings trivia yeah uh, and people just, are like that, that we probably could have done it differently but yeah, i love exactly. the trivia i would we should i would bring that back in a heartbeat i think we should i the thing is uh, we have to do it differently. The but. weird thing, and I'm I'm letting I'm letting everybody behind the curtain a little bit, so I hope you're okay with this, Ryan. Mm -hmm. um, we've gotten so we've got our formula for an episode so down um, that the preparation for it is at this point pretty minimal, um, comparatively speaking. Compared Other than to reading the book, like. right? Obviously, reading the book and preparing a few points to talk about or whatever. Uh, but compared to what we used to do, boy, you know, we were it was really involved, especially mm -hmm. those Lord of the Rings episodes, the early Mistborn episodes. Uh, it was really involved with how much outside information we were bringing in, the secondary sources and, and all this stuff, um, to where today it's much more just like about the book, end of story. Um, and that's, it's both good and bad, I think, mm -hmm. that we've gotten this way. Uh, but there is a part of me that says, yeah, we need to bring back little segments like Craig's Lord of the Rings trivia or whatever the series is. Get to know the author a little bit more, you know, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully we do change that. It, the second question is if you were to create another podcast, what would it be about you for you? It would either be about major league soccer or, uh, theater. Yes. I actually had a very, if you want to go look up and there's like a five episode run of a podcast that it, I started around the same time that we did this one yeah. just because I had the gear and I was trying to learn how to use everything called the stage door podcast. And I think there was like five episodes that, that went where I just interviewed local uh, performers that I'd worked with um, about uh, doing theater and, and how they got started and what sort of things. Um, it's, it is not the greatest work I've ever done, but I actually am still pretty proud of, you know, the idea and I would love to, I would have loved to, I'd love to revive it. Um, and yes, Major League Soccer was the other one because I had debated for a couple of years about starting a podcast about my home team here, Real Salt Lake. And just this year, I think was, I'm pretty sure it was just this year, they started um, the the Real Show podcast that the team actually like supports and everything now. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was a fan who started it and they just brought him in and said, yeah, we're going to run with this. It wasn't like the the organization started they found someone who already did it right. I'm like that could have been me that could have been me <laughs> okay so what would i start what's what's my podcast uh let's see outside of um love of finnish folk music there is that i i, I really could i hadn't thought of that that's a good one <laughs> um or just uh 
I could do something on Scandinavian music in general. Yeah, um, that would be really interesting. My inclination at the core would be um, it would be something related to music. Um, you could do baseball, like you, uh, I would say you'd probably do baseball as a whole, but with a more focus on your on the Mariners. On the Mariners. Yeah, but, um, but that's done to death. Yeah. So, um, so mine would probably be a uh, tips and advice on short form writing. Okay. Uh, because I've been doing a lot of uh, copywriting, marketing writing for years now. And um, and I've only, it's funny, you know, everybody has that kind of imposter syndrome, that thing that kind of tells you, oh, I don't really belong here. I don't, I, mm-hmm. I don't really know what I'm doing. Look at that person over there. They're so talented, et cetera, et cetera. It literally only recently in the last couple of months, maybe, have I started to realize I'm pretty good at what I do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so watch out bosses in negotiations, I guess, because <laughs> I've started to realize my worth anyway. So that might be something I would go on and do, but, uh, part of the reason would be because in doing a podcast like that, it would force me to do even more research and even more practice and, mm-hmm. you know, be more cognizant of what I'm about. So maybe that, I don't know, sounds pretty boring to our audience and it should actually, if I could do outside of topical podcasts, stuff like that, I would do a written or a, maybe an improvised um, things like uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern is another podcast that I love to listen to. Mm-hmm. It's all improvised, but it's based on this just fantasy story they've come up with. They came up with a premise and they've just improvised it as they've gone along. I think it would be to do a lot of fun to do a fiction piece like that where we just you get a group of people in there and just make stuff up as you go. Um, that has a, a very storyline might be a heavy term to use for what's done there, but you know, something like that. All right. Um, okay. So Fingolfin154 asks, what is the worst and least enjoyable fantasy book you have read? And then uh, they go on to say, for me, it would have to be the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant series. I assume that means least enjoyable because some other people chimed in and said, yeah, that sucks. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't read it. Um, but for you, and we're not doing the game anymore, so just tell yeah. me yours. Um, most and least enjoyable fantasy books. Now, I'll I'll do mine first and give you a chance to think about it. I the thing about this question is I'm I'm really homing in on the word enjoyable mm-hmm. because that's very different, I think, from like what's the best, best yeah. or what's your favorite or something like that. But the most enjoyable and least enjoyable. I would say the maybe the most enjoyable would be the Prudane series, the Book of Three. Of and, Prudane, yeah. yeah, the the Book of Three, the Black Cauldron, etc. Just in terms of sheer joy that I received from those, especially as a kid, but even you know, I've read them more recently and they really hold up mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. And uh, so as far as pure joy, enjoyment, that might be it. As far as the least enjoyment, a wizard of earth sea. And it's uh, Ursula K. Le Guin. Okay. Now, this is going to be a controversial choice, and I want to explain myself just a little bit. And the reason I, uh, the reason I picked this one is it, it could just be that I read it at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I've mentioned this even on the podcast in a previous episode where A Wizard of Earthsea is in some ways a response, a direct response to Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings and the, you know, what she saw as like, kind of outdated tropes and the white savior narratives and all this stuff. And so Mm -hmm. she wrote this book as a response to that. I didn't know 
any of that. I just, I had heard her name, I had heard of this book, and so I picked it up and read it, and it was because it was a response to all those things, um, it was so different from what I had gotten used to okay. with Tolkien, with Terry Brooks, with, you know, kind of all the standard uh, authors that it really turned me off. And mm -hmm. so I know I need to go back and try it again. I understand that. But uh, but at the time, that was a very unenjoyable experience for me. Runner-up might be Stardust. Just a garbage book. Okay. Um, and once again, I know I need to revisit Neil Gaiman. I understand he's a very good and well-respected author. I just hated that book. So anyway, you go. He's got a... Yeah, um, so I would say... Uh, in a similar vein, the Belgariad is one that we've done that I actually, part of the reason we brought that one on is because I enjoyed it so much and it had such an influence on me growing up. Um, so the Belgariad fits there. Um, obviously, I love all of the Sanderson works um, a lot. Uh, the least enjoyable one is the one that's hardest for me to, to pinpoint um, because if I really get to a point where I'm just not enjoying it, I just stop. And I don't finish. <laughs> I yeah, I have a hard time doing that. I have done it, but I have a hard time not finishing. Like I have, the, I have a series. I I I cannot tell you anything about the series because I haven't made it very far into it. It might be amazing, but I haven't been able to get past it a little bit. And it's um, the uh, the engineer series or the gosh, it's it's a trilogy. Um, that tells you how much I love and or <laughs> dealing with right now. Um. But I tried to get into the first little bit of it, and it's it's all about revenge and everything. I just I I lost interest very quickly and just said, you know what, I'll maybe I'll try again later. Maybe it's not the right time for me on that one. But that's that's really it. I there's not many fantasy series that I can't find some level of enjoyment in. Um, there's actually here's a here's one that's kind of off, a little bit different. The Redwall series. Oh, I love the Redwall series. Oh, I thought you were going to say least enjoyable. No, I actually. There are some in there that are not very good, but I sure. love the Redwall series. It's okay. it's a great kids one. I can't wait. You know, in a little while, I'm going to start trying to do chapter books with my with my son, and that's probably the first one I'm going to do. Oh yeah, that's a good choice. Um, that's a, it's a pretty long book for a five year old, but uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, okay, that's a good one. Uh, okay, what else we got? Okay, Gabim. I don't know exactly how to interpret this username from Reddit, but. Uh, this person asks, why is Lord of the Rings such a passion for you, Craig? Name three key points. Um, and Ryan, I'll kick your question to you first. Which fantasy world or universe would you like to take your wife to on a date weekend? And what would be the main event or main events? So many of the book series I read, I would not want to be on that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what well, we've talked about this before with like, uh, like Mistborn, for instance, or Steelheart or, uh, you know, take your pick. Where it's like, no, this place is a hellhole. I don't want to be there. Yeah, you don't want to be there. I mean, you just love reading about it. Um, I, I would question. be a really true nerd and be like, I would take go, you know, into the Star Wars universe somewhere. You know. Oh yeah, what's what's the planet that uh, Momonadon is from? That uh, that Wedge goes and visits with Quizex in uh, in uh, the X Wing series. I don't remember. I don't. Yeah, I don't it doesn't matter. That. <laughs> but it sounded nice. It's all jungly. There's a handful of uh, planets and places that I would love to, I mean, depending on the time frame, visiting Coruscant versus, you know, we're, my wife tends to be more big city person. If I offered her camping in Endor, she'd be like, no, no, we're not going there. 
Um, real quick, Cisco says he's really curious about the Wheel of Time and Stormlight Archive one. Um, rehash it here for me, so in case I missed copying and paste it, make sure you put it in this uh, chat there, Cisco. Okay, anyway, um, back to the other question that Gabim asks. Why is Lord of the Rings such a passion for you, Craig? Name three key points. Um, okay, first first of all, <laughs> Asmodian underscore. <laughs> Thank you, AU. Um Oh, you like Lord of the Rings? Name three of their best albums. <laughs> uh, yeah, we need to figure out a way to fly him out here to be on the show because that would be a riot. Uh, okay, why is Lord of the Rings such a passion for me? First of all, the aesthetics. Uh, I've told this story and I don't mind telling it again. I saw the movie first before I read the book and when I saw it, I was 15 years old. I was in uh, I was in an old school movie theater, old school for us, you know, before yeah. all these reclining seats and reserved seating and all this stuff. And so it's this really crowded, sweaty theater with all these people so excited to see the show. I'd never even heard of the Lord of the Rings ish. And um, and the lights go down and the screen goes completely black. And then people start whispering Elvish at me and Kate Blanchett cuts through it and says, the world has changed. And literally just like that, I'm I was done. This was the greatest thing I had ever seen in my life. So that is like, that's really important to keep in mind is that I saw it at the right time, at the right age, in the right frame of mind, in the right place. And so it was all just a perfect storm uh, for me to fall in love. So there is that. Uh, but then also, as I dug into Middle Earth over the course of years and years, the thing that kept me there wasn't the aesthetics as much as it was uh, the world building, including all the languages and stuff. I find all that stuff fascinating, hence the fox and vixen garbage that is floating around in my brain. In your college degree. Yeah, I love all that stuff. My college degree literally was chosen because of my love of the Lord of the Rings. Um, anyway, so there's the world. And then the other thing is the author. We talked about this a little bit on our Leaf by Niggle episode where there's something about Tolkien and it's not and it's not our uh it's not our parallel abilities to create worlds or you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's something about his personality that I find uh, a very kind of kindred spirit type yeah. thing with. Um and so the more I read the books and the more I get a window into who he was the more encouraging that is for me as a person. So those that's why I love it so much. All right. Uh, there were some questions on Facebook that I know I need to get to. Stephanie Michaels asks about gaming. Um, if you've ever thought of doing an American Gods episode. Yes. I have. Yes, we have. And I have been reading uh, gaming on the side as well. Um, that's a really weird sentence to say out loud. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even listening. I was reading the next question. Um so I just, before I started into the Lightbringer series, I finished Good Omens, Bad Omens, and The Neverwhere um, to try and familiarize myself with it. And I just bought North Mythology and um, American Gods so that I can pursue those eventually so that I have a base um, when we do approach Gaiman because I do think that we need to because he he's a very different author than anything else that we've read, but a very he's very talented and very, um, they're enjoyable stories, but it takes you a little while to get into the aesthetic of how he writes um, in comparison to what we're used to with Sanderson and Tolkien and more of a Cormac McCarthy kind of like super ultra modern stylistically. It's a it is a very modern style. Yeah. yeah, it's. I know he's not the same as Cormac McCarthy. I'm just saying the ultra modern authors. Uh, okay, so what was the other one that I wanted to get to? Oh, AU says that he has the same kind of mouse as I do. 
I'm using, uh, it, for those of you who can't see, I'm using a lovely Logitech trackball mouse. This has become a thing over the last like it month just or so. Freaks out! It freaks out anybody who sees it. They're like, "Oh, hey, let me jump on your computer. I'll show you what I'm talking about." And then they put their hands on here, and it's like they got burned. They're like, what? What is this? And it's a trackball, and I love it. And I would have its babies. Um, okay, Eric Burdick asks, "Have any of you guys ever played miniature wargaming? No. Um, anything tabletop? I am seriously lacking in. Um, you?" Yeah, I have um, some family that uh, loves tabletop gaming. It's that's their thing, um, and I've tried to play a couple things. Um, and I just, uh, for me, it's 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 one of the things that you have to you tend to have to invest in pretty heavily to and spend some time playing it to understand and get to that point. And I haven't really enjoyed that process a whole lot, so I haven't done a lot of it. The closest thing to miniature war gaming that Craig and I have done are the many, many hours that we spent playing Risk 2210 AD against each other <laughs> and the scars I have from thrown dice that um, from, from, from Craig. That's one of those ones. Risk is one of those games that has a million little iterations. Mm -hmm. um, now, the original Risk is great, but Risk 2210 AD, if you want to reach back into the vaults, the cultural vaults, that was a fantastic version of Risk. Um, but I used to tell people um, Lord of the Rings Risk and I, I still, I, I am telling this now. I will still say this is far superior to the regular Risk game. And people say, "Oh, of course you're going to say that's Lord of the Rings." And fine, it's a, it's a fair point, it's a fair criticism. But no, I think it has more to do with like the rules and the board and the, the way the map is set up. It makes for more interesting dynamics as you play. It's a great, great version of Risk. If you haven't played it, try it. Yeah, Craig had twenty two ten and. Uh, Lord of the Rings, and I had um, the original and uh, what was it? Gods? Um, I don't know. Something. It was. It was like Greek gods, and there was an an, under, an underworld option where when your people died, they went to the underworld, and you had a chance to like bring them back to the main map and stuff like that. I, yeah, yeah. Someone. I don't remember exactly what that one was called, but I, I liked that one. That one was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, all right, we're coming up on the last few minutes here, so. Um, noodle on this one for a second what was your favorite book or movie that you reviewed reviewed over the past one to two years uh this one comes from jason on twitter uh this is a tough one because if we're only reaching back for the last year or two it makes it a little bit that's pretty much wheel of time and well that's true but i mean yeah, so we can extend it a little bit part of me wants to go back and look through our archive and be like all right what did we even do I'm not entirely sure. Um, but do you have anything off the top of your head that just kind of like really surprised you with how much you liked it, maybe? So there's, um, obviously those of you who've been following us a little while knows that Oathbringer was a big one for me. Um, that was a, a one that really uh, influenced me. But in terms of having a surprise kind of love for the book or whatever, this one goes even further back. The book that caught me the most off guard and how much I enjoyed it was um, Starship Troopers. Oh yeah, that that book when we uh, reviewed it on the podcast and having read that one, it just I I loved that books and the things that we talked about and it felt like it it, it created a genuine discussion. Um, sometimes surprise guys, sometimes our discussion ends up a little manufactured, like we're trying to force points because we were trying to figure things out. It, it right. happens. Yeah, that one felt like genuinely there was there was a lot a to lot that we dig could just into. pull it out of and talk from you know Highland Highland. Robert Heinlein's uh, Starship Troopers. And, and that one, I love that choice, um, partly because Starship Troopers is a great example of a book that uh, 
if you say, as you're saying, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed reading that book. I loved the discussion that came after it. People are going to say like, oh, so you're a fascist, hmm. you know, and uh, so there's all these critiques of it, but it's one of those things where it's like, no, I don't, I'm not saying I agree with every single thing Heinlein brought up in the book. It was just a really interesting book. And yeah. there's, you know, there's a lot to talk about. It yeah. made me think. It made me stop and go, hey, there's some discussion points in there that I thought were really incredible. How dare, how dare he make you think? Um, as far as my favorites, I, um, <sighs> as the years have worn on, I have appreciated more and more and more um, uh, Interstellar the movie that uh, that I did. I did a little three-minute movie review mm -hmm. of that one, and I would love to do a full episode review of it. Now, and this is, again, it's one of those things where it's like, do I love every single thing about the movie? No, not necessarily. I think there were some choices that could have or maybe should have been made differently, um, but, uh, I, but I've appreciated that movie a lot more as the years have gone on, if for no other reason than... Um, with all the Marvel and Star Wars stuff, which I'm enjoying, you know, I, I'm, I'm a nerd just like everybody, oops, and I love going to see these movies, but there is, uh, as a consequence of these things kind of choking out the market, there is a dearth of good original one-off stories, mm -hmm. and I feel like this was kind of one of the last big blockbuster sci-fi movies uh, that we've seen uh, in the last little while, and so I appreciate that aspect of it. Um, anyway, similarly, um, we rushed over this one in a previous episode this year, but Annihilation, uh, the movie that came out in like January or February of this mm -hmm. year was a shockingly good movie and one that is very much worthy of discussion. And so I want to do an episode on that as well. Maybe mm -hmm. that plus Ex Machina from the same director, um, Kyle and I have been talking about doing an episode like that. So those I, might be my choices yeah i i will tell you also that i have come i don't hate reviewing movies but i hate what reviewing movies has done to me <laughs> <laughs> like it gets harder to sometimes it gets harder to enjoy those because turn it off yeah it to, to go into a movie and just be like i just want to have a enjoy the experience um which is why i wrote my solo criticism the way i did because i'm like i i just wanted to uh, i'm just gonna be a fan i'm just gonna be a fan for this right. one let that be um, and I actually wish, I, I do think that we should do occasionally some of the less, we do the, we do the Marvel movies and we do those because it's a, it's something that people are talking about and they want to, we want to give our two cents on it. People want to hear what we think about it. And for some reason, some people trust our opinion. Um, <laughs> Suckers. Um, but on a handful of movies, I actually recently, I think one of the best movies that I have seen in a long time was The Quiet Place or A Quiet Place. Oh whatever. yeah, that's a great one. We didn't really do anything much on that, I don't think. But yeah, we talked about it a little. But yeah. I think that's you know because it's not a blockbuster film that that was it ended up doing better than it was anticipated to do because it was so well done. That movie made a nine hundred percent profit. Wow. Yeah. Take that to the bank, literally. Uh, Cisco says, no, I'm assuming in Darth Vader voice, uh, yeah. probably about my opinions on interstellar. I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a weird one. A lot he of people. He wanted us to answer his, uh, and I'm, I'm looking for it. How do you think the main characters oh, okay. of wheel of time react to the main characters of stormlight archive? Um, um, violently. I, I don't know. 
Uh, like if they, you mean if they meet? It or? depends on when they met in the in in their character arcs that currently exist. Because Kaladin meeting Rand as the Dragon Reborn and the on the high end of things would probably be irritated. Um, irritated? That's putting it mildly. Yes. Uh, he probably they probably wouldn't get along very well. Uh, but it, if they met from the beginning of each of their stories and then went on an adventure together, they would all be the best of friends. <laughs> I don't know about that. Shallan, I, the thing is like, here you go. Put Shallan and Egwene next to each other and see how that goes. Oh, wow. Um, Kaladin and Rand. Kaladin and Matt, I actually think, would be a really fun pairing. So um, well, the thing about Kaladin, Kaladin and anybody, um, Stormlight Archive stuff. Sorry, everybody. Um, Kaladin, he, he's a good person. He uh, he treats his men well. He try he's always trying to do the right thing. Whatever, blah blah blah. Fine. He's a dick. Yeah. Right. He can be. Yeah. And so I'm just picturing him with Rand or him with Matt or him with anybody, and it's like a toxic situation. It's you a have giant to, pissing contest. Yeah. You have to put him with just the right person, and it turns out just the right person is Syl, and that's why we have all this Kaladin and Syl shipping going on. And yeah, because uh, they're like, who else are you going to put him with? He's actually. You want to know what what not shipping in that sense but what pairing out of those two i'd love to i'd love to see the conversation that would happen mm. would be dalinar and lan oh gosh that would be <laughs> so painful uh okay well <laughs> uh all right i think gosh are we done i i i'm not prepared to be done i i feel like uh, we have more to get through if we didn't get to your question I am very, very sorry about that. I think we got to most of them, if not all of them. Really quickly, uh, Vroxilla, one of my all-time favorite names on Reddit, other than the places that you may have gone as missionaries, uh, if that's the correct word for it. Yes, it is. Where have you traveled to that you have liked the most, and where would you like to go that you haven't been yet? I loved my visit to Stockholm, and I would do that again. Uh, a dozen times in a row that was that's fine i really really enjoyed stockholm wonderful city um other than that i would love to visit england finland new zealand switzerland um i i could do amsterdam i could mm -hmm. do uh, denmark maybe uh basically not russia not east asia just because i would i would have such a hard time with language and stuff in east asia uh south america i don't have any interest in going to i don't mm -hmm. know what about you um i have only been on this side of the world the this hemisphere um i visited guatemala uh as a as a kid and the jungles of uh Peten and tikal um that area just i still to this day am, am awed by the magic and the feeling that was there it was incredible um I tend to be a very active vacationer. I go and do. I'm not really the relax on the beach type, but I did love Hawaii. And this October, our company's meeting might be... Uh, actually, I can't even say that because not that anyone at work listens to this. <laughs> um, but it's it's uh, on the down low. There's, I might get to go to the other side of the world. Oh, that'd say, be nice. And I hope yeah. that that's the case because I, I'd be very excited to go with them there. Yeah. Um, okay, let's close out with a final question. This one from... S.E. Michaels, I'm guessing. Although the way it's written out, I'm going semi-Kyles, like as in half-Kyles. Okay. Um, I don't know. It, it's a, it's an odd little username, but I am relatively new to the podcast, uh, following along with your Watt episodes, etc., etc. Anyways, question. General thoughts on the Sword of Truth series. Like it? Hate it? Where do you think it ranks in the fantasy genre now? Well, this is the reason I wanted to close out on it. 
I don't know. I haven't read it. Have you read it? Sword of Truth? Is that not the Shannara series? Nope. That's the Sword of Shannara. Um, so the Sword of Truth is, uh, if, correct me if I'm wrong, people. I believe it's uh, Terry Goodkind. Um, okay, yes. And no, I haven't read it. And this kind of, so I wanted to talk about this because it, it gets to something fundamental about me that I think would be valuable for listeners to know. My knowledge of fantasy is not necessarily very wide. It's deep. Right, and so when it, when it comes to things like the Shannara series or the Lord of the Rings or Sanderson or whatever, mm-hmm. I tend to I tend to learn a lot about a few subjects mm-hmm. rather than a little about a, a ton of subjects. Yeah. Um. And so every time we get to a new series on the podcast, I I revel in having another well to dig, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So, um. I don't know that we'll get to this one. Terry Goodkind, um, who, were you aware of the Terry Goodkind cover controversy a few yes. months ago? Actually, yes, I did follow that. Um, he okay. like crapped on the artist or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. So, and and this is a uh, this is something that could take up an entire episode on its own. I don't know that it ever will. But there was this whole thing. I I bought a Terry Goodkind book. I think it was Wizard's First Rule. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read this at some point just because it's Terry Goodkind. His name is all over the place. I should get to know this. Um, And then that controversy happened and I was like, maybe I'll just shelve that for a little while. I don't really feel Mm. like uh, supporting him at the moment. Um, But that's just my prejudicial way of thinking about author controversies, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, do you have anything to add on this subject of stuff we haven't read? No, I'm... Some I'm pretty similar. Um, when I love something, I I go. <laughs> had to rethink that phrase for a second. <laughs> um, when I find something that I'm very passionate about, I like to know a lot about it. Um, that's why I get like when I found the Cosmere, like getting into the additional Cosmere material. It's that's what I like to do. Um, but I do tend to be kind of a jack of all trades with things. So I. You know, I'll read a book or two of buy from an author and see do I like the styling and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, you'll you'll know when I like something because I know ridiculously stupid things about it. That trivia question, the like yeah, yeah. things, you know, throw that at Star Wars at me, and there's probably you know some things about Salacious Crumb that I could throw your way. <laughs> um, all right, so let's wrap it up. Um, I I'm gonna put a little warning. I don't know. I still don't know what we're going to name this episode. For so for any of you who are still left on the YouTube or the Facebook live videos, if you have any suggestions for a name for this episode, go ahead and throw them out there. Uh, but whether it's in the title or something else, I'm gonna have to put a little warning for people. If you're expecting a good episode, please don't listen to this one. <laughs> this is not the starting point. Yeah, exactly. So this is not the episode you're looking for. all right all right so thanks everybody for listening thank you to everybody on reddit and on facebook and twitter and everybody everywhere else for submitting questions beforehand and uh, for those of you who stuck around for all of this uh all these shenanigans it was a ton of fun to interact with you while we recorded an, an episode um ryan i really enjoyed this it's it's so much easier, not necessarily better, but it's so much easier to just have two of us yeah. um, and uh, and to have everybody interacting. It's a ton of fun. So uh, very much appreciate everybody doing that. If you have not yet, please go and subscribe to the Legendary Podcast on iTunes 
and on YouTube. And uh, this video will be on YouTube. I've been checking the live feed. The video is just terrible. Um, I, I, I don't have any way to make that any better right now. I'll look into it, but uh, sorry about that. Uh, but we'll be doing good videos sometime in the future. We've got at least one planned. And uh, go to thelegendarium.reddit.com. Join the conversation. Go to patreon.com slash legendarium and support the show. Thank you very much, everybody. And we will see you next time. <laughs>